You are listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 2212 South Broad Street. For more information, visit us at circleofhope.church. I am really excited to officially begin the Lenten season with you today. And... Um, I want to explore the classical disciplines with you during, during our uh, little sermon time that we have over these six weeks that lead up to Easter. And um, by classic, I mean like the ancient practices that Jesus followers and God seekers all over the world have been doing for centuries. Um, these rhythms to nurture lives of faith for millennia. And as I thought, you know, back uh, over like the known history of the world, um, the results of some of these rhythms of faith and community have been powerful in producing movements of liberation all around the world. And I'm so glad, I gotta point out, my friend Casey is here and he works with Power Interfaith. He's the South Philly rep. And so um, he's going to talk to us a little later about some opportunities to get involved um, in advocacy around our neighborhood, which, which we're already doing um, in some exciting ways. But anyway, these, these back to spiritual disciplines. Um, during COVID times, you know, all rhythms of life got interrupted, right? And so now we have this great opportunity to kind of decide, like, what kinds of spiritual rhythms do we want to take part in, in our, in our lives? What kind of spiritual rhythms do we want to inform our lives? We can kind of take, take our own second look at it. Um, but I have to start by this conversation of spiritual disciplines by admitting to you that I do not like the term discipline. And I, I am sure I'm not alone in that. Um, but I grew up in a military home where discipline was kind of scary and unpredictable. Um, so I tried to avoid discipline and rigid approaches to spiritual, spirituality for a lot of my adult life. I needed to be drawn to God and to health and goodness out of love and desire, not out of force or fear. But with a bit of maturity through, hopefully, through my own trials and errors, I have come to see that the kind of life I want to live doesn't just happen. It requires intentionality to go deep with God and it's only in connection and partnership with God that I can be, I, that I have found that I can be freed from fear and condemnation and self-obsession. My friend Howard Pinder here in the front row is a, a guy who um, always seemed to me to be more comfortable with discipline than I was. Um, in a really good way. And when we, when we used to work together, I'd be so amazed that he would bring this little bowl of plain spaghetti every day for work, like for lunch at work. And I have a picture of a bowl of plain spaghetti. 
because he was trying to like he was trying to live really simply and um and you know like he he's kind of naturally good at that like he's he would take 10 bites to eat like a baby carrot like he would make it last that long um but as an italian i'd look at his spaghetti every day with just like it would have just like the tiniest hint of sauce on it and i would be like howard i will buy you some sauce for your spaghetti if you feel like you can't afford it. I just couldn't stand it, looking at his plain spaghetti. And I was thinking about this last night when we had our uh, monthly spaghetti dinner with neighbors about how amazing it was that Howard spent years probably eating like a 10 cent bowl of spaghetti for lunch. All that to say um, that I come to you not as an expert or a champion of discipline in this series, but as a fellow traveler on the journey. Um, I like more of all nice things. I struggle to know what is enough. I don't like to be told what to do. So spiritual disciplines are hard for me. I am a beginner. And thankfully, most spiritual giants that I read about that I read say that we're all beginners. When it comes to spiritual disciplines, we are all beginners because it's really not about it, like what you know about discipline or even about God. It's, it's, um, it's what you practice. It's what you practice. At every, all the spiritual disciplines are for the purpose of just of actually like connecting with God, turning our awareness to God's presence like Mabel was inviting us to do. That's all it is. And, it, and so we can know lots about it and never actually do it. It's about turning toward God with an open heart, asking for help, living um, in the awareness that God is present and actually connecting like in a relationship. And it's the practice that is transformational. So here's, here's a, a, a little overview of the practice that I want to explore, the practices that I want to explore with you over the next six weeks together. Um, I like how Richard Foster, um, in his famous celebration of discipline, kind of divides them up between inward disciplines, outward, and then he calls them corporate, but that has, he means like body of Christ or like together disciplines. Um, so we're going to look at all those and kind of, you know, squeeze them together because we don't have that many weeks before Easter. But meditation, prayer, fasting, study, simplicity, solitude, submission, which is you know a real sticky one. We're going to get into all the ways that you know that's been like misused. Um, service and then confession and worship and guidance. Of course, Jesus is offering a lot of very direct guidance in Holy Week, the week leading up to his death. And then we're going to celebrate on Easter. Um, and there's a little plug for our Lent retreat this Saturday. We're going to have space to meditate, to actually practice hearing God's voice like Sony was speaking to us about last week. And that's going to be Saturday morning here. So, so why talk about these things? Why talk about spiritual disciplines? Why do we need them? I think because human beings are so prone 
to stay on the surface of life if we can. We would, we, we would um, run after one shiny thing. From one, we'd go from one shiny thing to the next, right? Um, sociologists say that, some sociologists say that superficiality is the curse of our age. Um, just kind of, you know, staying on the surface. Um, but I think, you know, it's, we've kind of been doing this for a long time. Um, again, those are people who can and it's why we're we're hurting the earth as a as a as a whole society killing the earth addicted to instant everything dying of drug overdoses and materialism racism militarism all the struggles that Dr. King warned us um are connected with spiritual deficiency but we're made we're made for spiritual depth instead. Um, deep calls to deep, as the psalmist says. The depth of love, I think I have a picture of, of the ocean there, Josh, thank you. The depth of love and creativity and capacity to suffer that is in God calls to the same love and creativity and capacity in us. And I don't know how this connects exactly, but um, the percentage of water in our bodies is the exact same percentage of water on the earth. So, um, yeah, I don't know how that connects, but I just found that out. <laughs> the <d> it's <laughs> pretty cool, right? But the disciplines of the spiritual life call, call us to move beyond surface living into the depths of God in us and us in God. I think the world needs deep people more than it needs smart people or rich people or talented people. And the spiritual disciplines are not just for, for spiritual giants or monks or privileged people who have like all day to just do philanthropic things and you know, pray or something. In fact, I think the spiritual disciplines are best learned and um, like probably most powerfully transformational um, in the context of jobs and relationships and the difficulties of the real majority world. There's the most opportunity for transformation there. And they are also not dull drudgery in contrast to the, the way the word discipline sounds. Um, I think this is what Jesus means when he says that rivers of living water will flow out of us in connection to him. I have a picture of a, of a water fountain there. When we're liberated from fear and, and self-slavery, we are we are freer to experience joy, um, to laugh, to play in new ways. And that kind of liberation really is the purpose of the spiritual disciplines. The disciplines are also not hard in the sense that only smart or educated people can do them. On the contrary, all that is required to get into them is a longing for God, 
All that's required is a hung our hunger and thirst. And I think that's something that we all have. If we haven't stuffed it down into um, oblivion or filled it up with lots of other things, um, we all have an inexplicable longing that only God can fill. We all have unanswered questions. Thanks, Forrest. We all have unexplored feelings, uncovered insights, undiscovered insights, mysteries, even of our own lives and bodies, let alone like of the cosmos that we can't explain. And science can't even explain it. We're, and we're all tired of unsatisfying narratives and experiences on some level. We all long for wholeness and peace and transcendent and imminent love and connection. And all of that is a thirst for God. All of that is a hunger. And so each of us already has what is required to practice spiritual disciplines. I think another reason to practice them is that is because we can't get deep or free of the sin condition by our own willpower. And this is why we hung this netting all around our meeting room here for Lent. Um, just as a visual that um, the condition of sin in the world is a lot more than like individual disobedience from God. It's a lot more than each of us like doing the things that we know we shouldn't do. Um, we live in this condition in the world, um, in, you know, where the systems in which we live and work and eat and buy stuff are just full of injustice and greed and oppression. And I, I know you guys all know this. It's just kind of impossible to purify ourselves of it. Like even if I moved out to a beautiful ranch in Montana or um, if I never tried to buy if I tried to never buy from Amazon or Walmart or drink a bottled water or wear a piece of fast fashion or eat unsustainably sourced food, even, the, even then, even the air we breathe um, is filled with toxins. So I don't mean to be like causing more anxiety than we are about this than we already have, but just trying to point out that there's... Um, we really can't live completely righteously by our own creation. Um, and I'm, and I, I, I feel like I need to say this because that's usually our first line of attack when we, feel, when we think about like doing better or like going through a Lenten season or like changing our lives in some way. We think we're gonna like, you know, we're gonna like suck it up and do the right thing. Um, we think about what we can do to be better. And that, you know, that's a whole thing right now, do better. And, and I'm not knocking it because it, that's good and we really need to, but we also need something deeper. We need the power of God. We need to be in partnership with God. The moment that we think we can attain victory over this condition of the world um, just by the strength of our will um, 
is the moment I think that we are worshiping ourselves again and worshiping our will. And that's setting us up for, for its own danger. Emmett Fox, who's big in the recovery community, writes, as soon as you resist mentally any undesirable or unwanted circumstance, you thereby endow it with more power, power which it will use against you, and you will have depleted your own resources to that exact extent. So by our strongest determination and decision of our will to be better, I think we, we are probably successful in a way, or at least for a time, but sooner or later the cracks and crevices of our inner lives will show. Sooner or later, you know, we have that unguarded moment where we, where we like say that thing or we make a face that is hurtful to somebody else. And it's not intentional, of course, but our wills have the same deficiency as the law. They, they can only deal with externals, not the depths of us. Our strongest will is not capable of bringing the, the, trans, the total transformation of our inner spirits that I think Jesus has in mind for us. And that, that's not bad news because it invites us to partner with God for transformation. Deep calls to deep. Our self-determined striving that comes up short leads us to this wonderful realization that righteousness is a gift from God to be received. The need for change from within is too big to be ours alone, on our shoulders alone. And I think this is why Jesus came, because this is God's work. We have a need for an inside job, and that's the work of the Spirit. I think that's, that's the mysterious born-again kind of thing that Jesus was trying to explain to Nicodemus, who was a very righteous, rule-following, very religious guy, right? Jesus was saying, no, this, this is like bigger than what you can muster up, Nicodemus, with, with your good rules. The kingdom of God miracle is bigger than law or religion. And we don't need to just wait around but, but because God does it, and this is God's work, we don't need to just wait around for it to happen to us either. There is something we can do, and that's why we're talking about the spiritual disciplines this season, because I think, I think the disciplines give us a way to reach out for the grace that is ours to receive. The disciplines allow us to place ourselves before God so that God can transform us. They, Jesus uses a lot of like um, natural m images all the time, and I think this. Um, and then the apostles like repeated this, but there's lots of verses about like, like getting into the soil, where God can transform us, where our seed can be opened up and watered. I think that's what the disciplines do. They can get us to the place where we can receive from God, and that's the invitation of the season. I have a final image for you here. I think um, a mountain ridge is kind of a good um, descriptor image for, for the opportunity of spiritual disciplines. On one side, 
the the drop off could be um, like the chasm of our human striving for righteousness, all of our trying to measure up and be good enough. I love what you're giving up for Lent, Meg. <laughs> um, all of our trying. And on the other side, I think that other drop-off is, the, is kind of like the effort kind of side. The like, I, everything's just too messed up. I'm not even going to just, I'm not even going to try. Um, um, you know, it's like the despair at ourselves and the world. And so we can just do whatever. But either of those sides will have us rolling down the mountain. But God has provided a path there to, to inner transformation in partnership with God's own spirit on the ridge. And it's not an easy path. Uh, it looks a little scary, a little dangerous. But the views are really beautiful. So we will for sure be given a different lens to see ourselves and the world in partnership with God. And, and seeing the beauty, really, of everything, of the whole process. You could, look, you could see everything from up there. But I have one last word of caution as we embark on this journey towards spiritual disciplines or toward, you know, a renewal. Because I know you guys have been doing this kind of stuff for years. Um, let's not turn this ever into a should kind of conversation, even though we're talking about discipline. Um, it's, this is not about guilt or law. Laws don't bring life. They, they bring judgment, at least in the spiritual conversation. And so as we get into prayer and meditation and fasting and study, um, simplicity and confession and service, let's try to resist the temptation to make more rules for ourselves and other people. We are all probably recovering from judgy church. In, in one way or another. And we're all probably re- trying to recover from distorted images of God as, as you know, sitting in judgment um, of us, where there's this big list of shoulds. That, that's not what this is about. In fact, Jesus says, you are already good. Jesus says, you are already clean by the word I have spoken to you. Imagine if we really took that in. You are already good. And so each of these disciplines is simply a way to practice receiving that reality of goodness, that love and grace in real life experience. So let's try to go, go at our own paces and stay in relationship. And, and remember that that's the whole point, just to talk to God from wherever we are, to connect with God in whatever we're going through. So just in review, all you, need to, all you need to start practicing spiritual disciplines is a longing for God, a hunger and a thirst. They will make you deeper, which is a reflection of your true self, which is exactly what the world needs. God's deep calls to your deep. And lastly, If you step out on this path, try to keep trusting God to lead the journey. Inner transformation is the work of the Spirit, 
and she's got you, even when it, even when it doesn't feel like she has. Trust her and simply take the next step in that relationship. It's a process that is not dependent on your willpower or any set of rules. Not by might, not by, pa not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. This is about your wholeness and our wholeness in God together. Let's, let's pray together. God, thank you for a season right on the brink of spring to kind of embrace the cold and, and all the spots that we're in right now and ask you to meet us there and go try to go deeper right where we are. Help us to remember that we already have what it takes in our longing for you and that you will guide us into all the rest. Protect us, Lord, from judging ourselves or others. Help us to trust you on this journey. We thank you. Amen. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected, visit circleofhope.church. You can also find us on Instagram or Facebook at circleofhopenet.com.